This is the OTP 4D presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Turn to the folks who've been in the game since 1947. Farm Bureau Health Plans offers the great health care coverage you need with a price tag you can afford. With Titans Radio's Amy Wells and Rhett Bryan, I'm Mike Keith. Time to do the 4D from New England. First, we breathe a little bit. Amy Wells, a bye. A bye. Kind of can't believe we made it here. It felt like there was a long way to go to get to a week of rest. The Titans definitely need it. And I think we're all going to enjoy a couple days to rest, regroup, breathe, and then come back for the final stretch. A lot of different feelings, emotions, if you will, Rhett, coming out of Foxborough. Frustration, anger, exhaustion, a lot of different things which... I, I can't think of a bye that has ever come at a better time for a football team, especially after watching the Titans play yesterday. You could hear it in Mike Vrabel's voice on, on postgame yesterday on Titans radio. You could tell he's he's weary of the injury situation. He's obviously tired of talking about it. They have to just continue to keep going. And the turnovers is what really bugged him. I mean, nine turnovers in the last two games and uh, that's that's a place where they will put some work in to get ready for the other side of this thing. But you're right. I mean, it, it always comes at a good time, no matter when it's scheduled. And it's extremely late for the Titans this year, but here it is. They're glad. We're glad. I mean, we hustled to the Logan Airport in Boston last night, and it felt like the flight back to Nashville was flying from Seattle. In my mind, I knew we were going to the bye week. And it's like it took forever to get back to BNA. But we're here. We're here indeed. Time for first down. Rhett Bryan, your play that turned the game at New England. 37 seconds left in the first half. Now, rewind just a bit. The Titans have had a turnover there. They held New England to a field goal. So with 37 seconds left in the first half, a 68-yard Dontrell Hilliard touchdown run, three plays, 75 yards, 21 seconds off the clock, and they trail at the half 16-13. I thought, okay, they've got a chance right here. For me, it's the fourth quarter, fourth and goal. They're on the two-yard line. The Tennessee Titans have had this eight-minute drive. It's been six minutes, seven minutes, something like that at that point. And they desperately need this touchdown. The score is 26-13 to in favor of the Patriots. The Titans need to score to stay in this game. You feel like this could be it. They've have control of the clock at this point. They're right there. Ryan Tannehill throws a pass for Cody Hollister. It's tipped by Devin McCourty, intercepted by J.C. Jackson, and the Patriots go on to score a 52-yard field goal after that. That makes it a three-possession game, and it just felt like the mountain was too high to climb. But it's game over at that point. When they don't score... After that kind of drive, yeah. it's game over. It felt like everything had compounded into something that was insurmountable for the Titans. Mine came in the first few moments of the game. Titans' first punt. They go three and out after getting a penalty on the kickoff return. Brett Kern hits a magnificent punt. It's downed at the 31-yard line. And so 69 yards away from pay dirt is what the Patriots would have been. Chris Jones turns up too fast as he's in the outside gunner position 
He turned up the field too fast. Illegal procedure. There was actually another Titans penalty on the play that was declined because they didn't have enough men on the line of scrimmage. They end up coming back, having to punt again. Olszewski is able to catch it near midfield, returns it to the 37-yard line, and the Patriots only have to go 37 yards to take the lead right off the bat. And at that moment, what, three and a half, four minutes into the game, you are climbing uphill Again, just like against Houston, just like you have been over this period of time where you haven't been playing well, now you're in the hole again. And for me, it was at that moment, I thought that was a massive turning point that was significant of what the day would go on to be. Every other play that went against the Titans followed that one. But you've got your premier punter who hits a great punt in a key situation and, and they're going to have to drive the ball. Who knows? I mean, they had a hard time getting it in from 37 yards out. The Titans played pretty tough, and the Patriots, to their credit, made some plays. If they have to drive 69 yards, who knows if they can do it? Maybe they can, but giving them 37 yards to cover to take a 7 to nothing lead, it was just like, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, that, that was the type of stuff that the Titans have got to cut out. I mean, some of the turnovers, listen, Tannehill's got to throw that ball. Mm-hmm. He he has to throw that ball. I mean, it's fourth and two. You can't run out of bounds right there and say, oh, too bad. The ball goes over. I mean, you've got to get it in the end zone. McCourty made a nice play. Jackson intercepted it. That's the way it goes. It's a failure, but I can accept that. I can't accept a team that's an eight-win team making a mistake on special teams and costing them a great punt by their outstanding punter because those are the things that, as you head down the stretch, have to end. It's the mental mistakes. Mental mistakes. Yep. That's exactly right. All right, second down, your stat that tells the story, Amy Wells. For me, it's the turnovers, and you had just mentioned them a little bit. You know, the Titans had four turnovers They didn't generate any of them. The defense wasn't able to get any of those. The fumbles are hard to see. The Titans had five fumbles, lost three of them. It's so disheartening. It's so frustrating. And it was frustrating for the guys on the sideline, too. You could see coaches walking down the line just saying, move on to the next play, move on to the next play. They were trying so hard to make sure that guys weren't harping on those mistakes. And, of course, you don't want to see that happen. Ball security is so important, and fumbles are so detrimental to what an offense is able to do. But making sure that guys could move on, move on, and you could see how it was wearing on the team. So beyond the fact that when – you are not in the positive on the turnover ratio, you're in trouble. Mentally, I think it wore on this team more than it has in any other time this year. For me, it was the stat line that I followed with Ryan Tannehill in two halves. He started out on fire, 8 of 8, finished in the first half, 10 of 13, 79 yards and a touchdown. He finished 11 of 21, 93 yards, one touchdown, one interception. He had one completion in the second half. Now, that's no – I'm not knocking – Ryan Tannehill, I don't want to take yours if this is what it is, but it tells me how well the Titans were running the ball and the way that was going through all that the rest of the game. But you know what Belichick's going to do. When he sees that they can't get by you, when he sees that he doesn't have to be afraid of your passing game, he's going to squeeze you. And the receivers that the Titans put out there on Sunday were just no threat to run by anybody. And so... It's not that they're not capable, but it's like back to 2006 when we played at San Diego in the playoffs and we get ahead in that game at halftime and things are looking good. 
But they have no receivers. I mean, the fastest receiver they had that day might have run a 4-6. And again, not knocking guys' ability, but if you don't have people that the other team is scared of, it's like A.J. Brown. You're afraid A.J. Brown's going to break a tackle and go to the house. You're afraid Julio Jones might run by you or break a tackle. You know, those are the sorts of things that enable you to free up the middle of the field. The other thing, too, is they weren't afraid of the Titans running game winning the game overall because it wasn't Derrick Henry. It was other people, and suddenly they bunched up. They made it as tough as they possibly could, and Tannehill didn't have open targets. That's what it came down to to me, and watching it back, I I don't know what he could have done much differently. Well, and that's what's so frustrating for him, I'm sure, is that he's doing everything he can, but if there's nothing there, it's the age-old quote that we all love. My husband cannot throw and catch the ball for old Tom Brady. But Ryan Tannehill (laughs) can't throw the ball and also make sure that people are in a position to make that play or to catch the ball or to do what they need to do. He can't do everything. He physically can't. So to be in that place where he's trying so hard to – get people in the right position, he can't force them to be there. And I think that was frustrating to him because he put so much of this game on his own shoulders. My stat that tells the story is the 270 rushing yards for the Titans. I think it reflects well on Dontrell Hilliard and Deontay Foreman, but it really reflects well on the offensive line. And they're beat up. You know, several of those guys are are really banged up, and yet they got them blocked. They moved the piles. I was impressed. And I think to take a positive out of that game, that's something that you may be able to take forward is that this offensive line put its mind to running the ball. They had a plan. They came in with a plan. They said, we're going to run the ball because we know they're going to try to take away some things in our passing game. We know that's not what we're going to do best, so we're going to run it. And they did. And you know what? I mean, they got the ball back in the third quarter with a chance to take the lead in a game where they had had a lot of things go wrong and they had two lost fumbles at that point. I mean, they're in it. You know, if they had ever gained control of the game, if they had made it 20 to 19, then it gets very interesting. Then then the game takes on a different facet. So for me, that's a positive stat for the Titans that I'm going to choose to go with on second. And that's why I didn't expound on my second down answer because I figured that's where you were going. But that was what I took away from it too is that I was really impressed with the offensive line as a whole, as banged up as they are, to your point, and how well they did that in you know putting together a collaborative effort. And it also gave me hope as a Titans fan that there is some life without Derrick Henry and that you can you can survive against a tough defense oh, yeah. on a road game that is, you know, that's a tough place to play and a tough place to come out of a win with. Well, and that's a big front, too. It's not just a big front in terms of the defensive linemen. It's a big front in terms of the inside linebackers. Dante Hightower's 260 pounds. Bentley's big. The outside backers are big. I mean, they got them blocked and they moved them. Right. So let's take a positive there as we head to third down and your area the Titans have to get fixed, Amy. I think there's a lot of obvious ones in terms of healing and fixing mistakes and things like that. But the thing that I think is the most important to get fixed, and you mentioned it a little bit earlier, is those penalties on special teams. The Titans had three penalties on special teams that had major impact in their field position. And when you're playing anybody, field position's important. When you're playing the Patriots, it's even more important. And 
having a not favorable field position for your own team is not ideal when so many other things are not going your way. So you had already mentioned the illegal motion call on that punt, but there was a face mask. There was a holding call, both on kickoffs. It's silly things. It's stupid things that just come for not playing disciplined football. And that's the thing that Mike Vrabel stresses the most is disciplined football. And those are the things that I think are wearing on him because there's so many other problems to deal with. Let's clean up these penalties. Let's make sure that we're controlling what we can control and doing these things right. Great minds think alike because that was the one I was going to choose. And and you're right. Three penalties in the first three and a half minutes of the game. And it puts you behind the eight ball immediately. Self-inflicted wounds. End of story there. But I'm going to go with the the more obvious second choice, and that's just uh, working on the turnovers. I know you can't control everything, but nine turnovers in two games, you can't have it. And not this time of the year, not going into the most important part of the schedule. Whatever it takes with ball security, just shore it up a little bit. For me, the area that the Titans have to get fixed on third down is just figuring out during this period of time what they do well and trying to expand that. As they add pieces back, that's the way they're going to continue to improve down the stretch. So what are are we on offense? What are we on defense? What are we on special teams? And try to build on those things as you as you work your way down the stretch. You're eight and four. You're not in a bad place. But I think the self-evaluation right here, and Mike Vrabel touched on it on the postgame to which you've already made reference, Rhett. The self-evaluation right now during the course of this week going into next week is going to be vital. The people who win in December and January and beyond are the ones who do what they do and do it better than the other team regardless of what the other team's doing. That's what the best teams do. The Titans have to say, okay, we're going to grab a hold of this. We're going to do this. This is what we're going to be about, and we're going to try to take it as far as we can. The injuries have caused them to sort of have to be all over the road. I get it. But now is when you have to make those decisions to make that push because now is when you have time to kind of sit down and formulate that plan. That's a hard thing to do when you're going – week to week to week playing 12 straight games. Well, you don't have to be reactionary to your circumstances as they are because you have three or four days to put together a plan. You can sit, you can regroup, you can look at where we're strong, where we need to work, how can we put this puzzle together, kind of reconfigure things, and then you can move forward with that plan. Well, then you also have to say there are some things we can't do, so we're not going to try. Right. So we're just not we're not doing this anymore because this doesn't work or putting this player in this situation it it just doesn't work. He maybe he's a good guy, maybe he tries hard, but he can't get the job done there. So we've got to go with a, with other personnel. What I liken this to and this may be a poor correlation, but it's like we all have smartphones and when your apps aren't working right or they just disappear when you try to open them up what do you do? You power off and back on. You do a soft reboot. Exactly. You've got a chance to do a soft reset right here and assess everything, all three phases, like you mentioned, and go, okay, here's here's who we have, here's who we have to do it with, and here's what worked, and here's what didn't. And the beauty of it is, is that the bulk of the schedule the rest of the way is at home. You don't have any terrible road trips. You get past Pittsburgh, you get past the, the Houston road trip, and see where the chips lay. You've got a real chance to, to make up some ground here. Fourth down, one thing you noticed and want to share. Rhett? 
For me, it was just something goofy just watching Taylor Lewan. He was, you could tell he was really amped up to play this game. And I'll go back to the end of that long drive and right before the Nick Westbrook-Akina touchdown that Coach Rabel threw the flag on. And the minute that he knew it was quarter over, he's running, I mean sprinting down to the other end to get ready. And then a couple plays later, when the Westbrook-Akina play happened and they ruled it that he was down, he was imploring Coach Vrabel emphatically to throw that red flag. And Coach Vrabel threw it pretty hard, I thought, for a second. I'm like, I hope they don't give him some other laundry to go with, you know, kind of a over-the-top throw because he really made his point there. I'm just watching his body language and things, and it was you could tell he was really engaged in this. I really appreciate that Rhett's overall suggestion for the Titans was just unplug it and plug it back in. Maybe that'll fix it. I think that was great, Rhett. <laughs> well done, Rhett. That made me very happy. As we go into this bye, I wanted to, you know, share some good news. There's a silver lining here, and that is that the Titans are still okay. Like, all is not lost. Losing two games in a row sucks. It's not fun. And I understand that fans are frustrated and this has not been a fun little streak here. However, the Titans won six games in a row and it put them in a really good spot for where they are right now. The Titans are still leading the division by two games and they have the tiebreaker against the Colts. So the Titans are still okay, guys. Like all is not lost for the future of this ball club and the 2021 season. You are no longer sitting at number one in the AFC. It's okay. You're at number three. The thing you lose is a bye, which, I mean, the 2019 Baltimore Ravens found out isn't really that helpful. I will still say, though, if they win their last five, I think they will be the number one seed. Well, Because I, there are enough games where teams have to play one another down the stretch. The schedule is favorable in that the Titans have gotten out of the way the Buffaloes, the New Englands, the Kansas Cities, all of their games with those teams are out of the way now. And this is mine. Last year, Tampa had a week 13 bye. They weren't eight and four. They were seven and five. They didn't lose again. It can happen. And I think this team has to regroup, take care of its own business, and go to work. And that's what this week is going to be about, getting healthy and regrouping. Thank you for your participation. Rhett Bryan, Amy Wells, the OTP 4D presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Thanks for being with us on this final Monday in November as you listen to the OTP. Where the legends go, everybody knows it's our house. Fighting for Tennessee, making history. Greatness is meant to be ours now. Hey, we got Titan blood running through our veins.